Well, good morning. Welcome again. Oh, thank you. You guys are so awake. I love it. I was a little tired this morning. I don't know if it's daylight savings still working on me or what the deal is, but it is great to be here together. Thank you for joining us, whether you are joining us online or you are here this morning, bright and cheery and bushy-tailed. So we are Northridge Church, and something I want to let you know is that this is a safe place. It's a safe place for you to come and just be yourself. It's a safe place to come and ask questions. If you hang out in the kids' ministry at all, or if you come and hang out with uh, Club 56ers, our middle school youth group, you'll know that you're encouraged to ask questions and to make mistakes, because that's how we grow and how we learn. So coming in here is not an act of putting on your perfect self in order for others to see you. It's coming in just as you are, because our desire and our hope is for everyone to encounter the living God right where you are, and to grow and learn as you do so. So we're in a series called Troth. And simply put, I have to read my notes. It's a really cool word, but just to make sure I get it right. Two people or entities that have made a promise to each other. So basically what we're looking at is what has God promised us and what are we promising God? So before I get too much further, we're going to be talking about the presence of God today. But I want to introduce myself. Some of you I may be familiar to, and some of you maybe not. So my name is Chris Bickett, and I am the student ministries pastor. What that means is anyone basically grade six and younger I am going to be interacting with when they come on Sunday mornings, if they come to Club 56 on Sunday night. Um, sometimes I interact with the older youth as well. So we get to hang out, and we get to engage and have a lot of fun. So hopefully what you're going to find today is that we bring some of that fun into here. Now, I'm going to be talking just a little bit, but if you are wondering, you have this on your seat. Go ahead and grab it. Hopefully you have a writing utensil. If you don't, look to a neighbor, see if you can bum one from them. If you're not sure, find the mom sitting around you and ask, because she'll have 14 pens. So this is what we call a squiggle start. This is something that we actually did last week in kids' church because we were talking about how we are all a work in progress. Now, last week, we got to talk about forgiveness, which is not what we're talking about today. But the presence of God could lend to that, so we'll see. But what I want you to do is bring out your inner child. Now, I know you can do this because there were some adults in the classroom last week who were able to participate and do this as well. So what I would like you to do with your squiggle however you want to orient it, I want you to incorporate it into some kind of design or drawing. Whatever you want to do, that's it. The squiggle cannot be in and of itself independent. It needs to be incorporated into something. Now for the kids, I gave them a minute. And they were like, what? You guys, I'll let you go. You can do it as short or as long as you want. I trust you, okay? So I told you I was going to share something. What I want to share is a thank you, truly and deeply from my heart. If you have children that are engaged in Northridge in some capacity, if you are a grandparent, an aunt and uncle, a friend who engage with children of any capacity, I want to say thank you. We don't say it enough, and a lot of times it feels like we're sinking. 
a lot of times it feels like there's struggles and we can't seem to get ahead. And when we get ahead, then it feels like something new crops up and we can't get ahead again. But I want to say thank you for just being there for your child, whatever stage they are at. You were created to be in that child's life and to have an impact. And I can tell you that you are. Because what I get to watch is the development and growth of children from birth through sixth grade, and then beyond that as they graduate and become adults. I've been around that long. It's amazing. But what I want to tell you is this. If you have been around for the spiritual journey called Yes that we did the last six weeks for the campaign, you know how impactful that was for you as an adult. Whatever level you engaged on, if you committed to something, if you read the scriptures, if you prayed for one minute, if you came and heard messages, all of that is spiritual engagement. What I want to tell you is at the same time, the kids were doing that as well. They were in class learning about what it means to be servants and what it means to be gifted and how to use it with other people because that is what is used within the kingdom to make the world a better place. The kids also learned what it means to make a commitment they prayed, and then after they prayed, they spent five minutes in quiet time, or five minutes plus. Some of them did up to 30 minutes a day of quiet time. What this is teaching us is that little incremental changes matter, and we've talked about that before. But what I saw come out of those times were kids asking questions that are going to rival some of yours. They are asking deep questions about God because they are searching and seeking. And it's amazing. You are part of that journey. So continue investing in the children. Continue investing in the teens. When they feel like they're pulling away, they're not. They need that space, but they need you, your presence. So good job. Whatever capacity you engage with kids in, good job and thank you. All right, to our topic the presence of God. This can be as light or as heavy as you want to make it today. It is between you and God. So the presence of God. We know, according to the Bible, that God has been with us from the beginning until the end. He is throughout the entire book of Scripture. This book is about him. And it teaches us and it tells us and it explains to us what his presence is and why it's important. This could be a very, very vast topic. We could spend literally months talking about this, but we're going to narrow it down to just a couple of points today. So God was in the beginning. We see that in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, when he created. He's at the end in Revelation. What I would like you to do is take just a moment and think. If you needed to explain the presence of God to someone... How would you do it? What words would you use? What would you tell them? Think about that for just a minute. I'm going to share with you scripture that comes from the Psalms. They're a collection of writings that are explaining a lot of different things, a lot of emotional attachments, a lot of insights. The particular psalm that we're going to look at comes from David, who is also King David. And as we know, he had a lot of trials, but he had a lot of success as well. He's known as a man after God's own heart. So listen to how David 
expressed the presence of God. It's Psalm 139, starting in verse 7. He says, I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to the heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night, but even in darkness, I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. Pretty expressive. Pretty intimate. He's saying, not out of frustration and agony, God, I can't get away from you, just leave. He's saying the opposite. God, it doesn't matter what I do, where I go, how I act. You are with me. It is coming from a source of security of knowing that no matter what, God is with him and a source of joy. You'll notice in verse 10 that it says, even there your hand will guide me and will strengthen. Those are things that all of us, I think, desire in this life. And so what we have to step into is the knowledge that God is always with us. Whether we recognize it or feel it, he is with us. David's words, as I said, portray an intimate relationship. What you can tell from the way he talks is that David is engaging with the person of God, not the image or idea of God. And there's a difference. There is a difference when we engage with something that is personal and relational versus in his idea that is out there that I have heard about and maybe. Today we get to experience the presence of God through the Trinity. We see it in Matthew chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. It says, After his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water... The heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my dearly loved Son, who brings me great joy. As we sing, we sing about the Godhead three in one. That is what we're experiencing right here. You see God, the Son, Jesus, in flesh. You see the Spirit of God coming down like a dove also God. And you hear the voice of Father God speaking over this time. Three individuals, one God. And this is where sometimes we get tripped up and we go from being relational to being an idea. But I'm going to encourage you to stay in it. In kids and in club, you will ask your kids, what is the Trinity? And if they're in a moment where their brain is lucid and they're like, I remember, they're going to tell you this. Go ahead and do it. This. When we talk about God, we have God the Father who is up here at the point. Then we come down and we have God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. And those sides don't matter. What we realize is all three of these are connected. They're relational. They are one. 
now where we sometimes, is that me? Sorry, it's my alarm. Is God calling? I'm kidding, it's not God calling. <laughs> it could be. Where we get tripped up is that we also have to realize that each of the three of these, you can put your hands down if you want, each of the three of these are also separate. God is not Jesus. God the Father, the Creator, is not Jesus the Son. Jesus the Son is not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not God the Father or God the Son. Three totally separate identities, yet one God. They all have a role in our life, and they all have an impact. And that is where we get into his presence being with us at all times. There is a theological word for it called omnipresence, meaning God is with us at all times everywhere. We cannot escape his presence. As we continue to learn and grow and develop, we learn more about each of the individual persons of the Trinity, but we also understand our relationship with him. Some of you are confused, and I'm going to say that's okay. Sit in it. Ask questions. Where you're going to get tricked up is if you don't pursue the questions and just be confused and stop. We are not meant to figure out faith and God in one sermon as much as we would like to. Ask the questions and keep searching. The presence of God matters. Paul teaches to a lot of different churches, but he teaches the Corinthians, and he gives them this benediction or closing statement after he's with the Corinthians and he's written them a letter back. And it's in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14. He says, May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. Those words are relational. They want to be interacting with us where we are in our lives. The grace of the Lord, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Interaction. We find our trust and our security in the presence of God. Because we cannot get away from God, he sees us. If you had to pick one word to describe yourself today, put that in your mind. God sees you there. And he wants to meet you there. Whether you're confused or you're hurting, whether you feel a loss or you're rejoicing, whether you are exasperated or you are elated, God wants to meet you there because he sees us. Troth, as we said, is a promise or a loyalty between two entities, between God to us and us to God. And we know that God is with us at all times because his presence, his omnipresence, is always around us. So why does this matter? How is it if we know that God is with us at all times, we can feel completely disengaged and like God isn't there and doesn't see us? Because if we're honest with each other, that happens. It doesn't feel like God is with us. It doesn't feel like he is doing anything. So what I'm going to ask is that we be attentive to his presence. We need to be attentive to his presence because it is possible for us 
to go about our days and our times and not even engage with God at all, even though he is there and he wants to be with us. So how do we turn and be attentive to his presence? One of the ways we can do this is to focus on the goodness of God. How do we focus on it? We look for it. As Pastor Nick was sharing this morning, he saw the sunrise in his rearview mirror. We get one of those every single day. Every single night there is a sunset, and if you look to the west, you will see it. Sometimes there are vibrant colors that just are breathtaking. Sometimes it's just a normal sunset. Sometimes it's recognizing how a baby looks at you. Sometimes it's recognizing that the poop really smells. But it means your baby's healthy, because they can poop. There are so many different areas that we can look for God and find him. In fact, we can look for him anywhere and find him. For example, Paul and I went to a concert this weekend. And it was a fantastic concert. It was a concert I have been waiting for. I hate to age myself. I've been waiting for it for about almost three decades. Not quite, but close. Because the first concert that I was going to go to when I was in college got canceled because the singer got laryngitis. And I was so disappointed. And then life happened. And we had kids. And it was like, it's just not going to happen. And I kind of gave up on that dream of ever going to this concert. Until a few weeks ago, when I was looking for something for my kids, I ran across the concert in Milwaukee with tickets that were reasonable. Because some of them that I desire are not reasonable, but they were reasonable. And so I said, hey, honey, guess what? Do you know? I promised the sound team I would not shriek. Do you know who is coming in concert? Reba. And I was like a little withheld. Reba McIntyre is a country singer, for those of you who don't know. So I was a little reserved because I was like, hey, honey, guess what? Milwaukee, close, Reba. Expecting a, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm, that sounds great. But to my husband, my loving husband's honor and love, he was like, yeah, let's go. So we went to Reba. And let me tell you, it was phenomenal. It was everything I had dreamed it could be, and it was more. Because Reba has been around long enough, like I said, almost three decades of waiting, that she knows how to put on a good show. And she had a couple of other artists with her who know how to put on a good show. And it was amazing to sit there and just be engulfed in all of this awe and wonder and just enjoy it. When I tell you to be attentive and focus on the goodness of God, I will tell you that God was in that arena for a country artist. We think sometimes we have to always be completely engulfed in our Christian world with Christian talk, but it doesn't have to be that way. In fact, God tells us he is everywhere all the time, meaning wherever we are, God is, and we need to look for him. So while we were at that concert, two of the performers, the Isaacs and Reba, both boldly proclaimed that they have a faith in God. Both talked about how they depend on God. Both groups sang songs 
about God in an athletic stadium that was packed. In fact, one of the comments that had been made earlier was the artist wasn't sure who consumed more beer, Wisconsin or all of Canada. <laughs> to which there were many cheers and hear hears. But when we get in the mindset that God can only be in certain places, it really limits us, and we limit God, and that is not our job. God is everywhere. People started singing the songs about God. So it didn't matter if you believed in God or not, you were exposed to his presence in that moment. Listen to what Reba shared from the stage. She said, my faith is important to me. It's that, faith, it's that faith that helps me get through times in my life where I don't know what in the world is going on. Seems to be a lot of that in the world today. And I sleep better knowing the best thing I can do is give all my worries back to God. See, God's calling again. You may have to hit stop, Jack. You're just going to keep going. Give all my worries back to God. You see, Reba's not preaching. You're not at church. But she's telling people, God is there. He's important to me. I believe in him enough that I'm going to take what is concerning to me and give it back to him. The presence is God, of God is there, and we can find his goodness if we're attentive and look for it. So here's a question for you. How many of you, when you are getting ready to go on a trip, do some research before you leave? You at least do a little Google to see, like, where you're going, what's going to be there, right? Get a little bit of an understanding. Not too many of us anymore just decide, you know what, here's the location, let's go. So most people that like to visit the national parks know what they're getting into. I don't think anybody is just driving along and decides, hey, I want to stop and visit this national park and I have no idea what is going to be there. Like we may not know details, but like complete oblivion, probably not possible. So what I want you to do is take a look at a review that was left by somebody who visited the Grand Canyon. Take a look. This was their review. A hole. A very, very large hole. Did you not know where you were going? Like, what were you expecting? Right? All right, check out this next one. Sequoia Park. There are bugs. And I love this part. And they will bite you on your face. Because, you know, bugs are usually pretty protective. They just go to other parts that you want. They leave the face alone. No. They're bugs, right? An actual review that somebody wrote on a website. Okay, one more. Grand Teton National Park. All I saw was a lake, mountains, and some trees. Wah, wah. One star reviews. Now here's the thing, these posters, these posters are satirical. The, the author who does these, the artist who does these, she loves the parks. And she was looking through some websites and found these one-star one reviews that people actually wrote about their visits to these amazing places. This was what they walked away with. There was a lake 
and some mountains and trees? I'm like, have you met Pastor Brent? Do you know what this should mean to you? Right? Like that is what you go for. That is the whole purpose of engaging with nature and God's creation, God's beauty. And yet there's people that go and miss it because they're not looking for the goodness. They're focusing on the negative. These posters are hilarious, but they're also sad. Because if you've been to any of the national parks, you know, you have experienced, you have engaged with them. And to walk away thinking it's a one-star experience and it's like, eh. Even if you don't love nature, there's something to be inspired by. So my question is this. Where in our lives are we living satirically? Where are we looking for the one-star reviews instead of the goodness of God? Where are we missing out on the goodness of God? Because we would rather look for the negative. John Mark Comer writes some really deep things. And a statement that I heard by him pulled me up short because it had to do with this. He said, we have to find the goodness of God in our actual life. You know, the actual life we have, not the life we wish we had. I think a lot of times we get really caught up on what we're missing out on or what we wish we had and we don't. And we miss the goodness that is in our actual life right now, in this moment. Our expectations are important. What we're looking for guides us and leads us. But if it is not incorporating the goodness of God, we end up missing out on a lot. There's another way that we can help turn our attention to the presence of God. And that's we can live fully in the present. Our actual life we have right now. God promises his presence is always with us. Our promise is will we notice it and be attentive to it? Or will we choose to ignore what is all around us? You see, I think when we have to think about living fully in the moment, we have to consider the pace of our life. Pause for just a minute and think in this last week, I'll give you a whole week, how many times did you say something to the effect of, I'm too busy, there's not enough time, I can't get to it? Or the opposite, did anybody this week go, what I'm doing right now, is this going to matter in five years? Is it going to be important in 10 or 20 instead of 
doing this instead. You see, this week, I found myself in that spot of busy. And I had a lot of things on my plate. And what I tend to do when I get busy is I tend to go to the list of what can I get done and how can I get it done and what needs to be done next and how can I get ahead next week so that I'm not feeling behind like I am right now. And I get very, very do-oriented. I need to do this. I need to go here. I need to do this. I need to go here. I need to do, 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 do. And in order to do, 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 <laughs> some of you are not kids. I start taking off things that take time to happen. Like time with God needs to go so I can get my list. Time learning about God with my group of people that support and encourage me needs to come off so I can go through my list. Time with my family to just be together get set aside so I can get everything done on my list. I don't know about you, but when I shift into do mode, I completely get out of be mode, which means I remove God from the picture, and it all becomes about me. And this is what God says in Psalm 46.10. Be still. And know that I am God. I really like the NASB translation, which says, Stop striving and know that I am God. I will be honored in every nation, and I will be honored throughout the world. God knows our propensity to try to rush, to try to get ahead, to try to get everything done. And he knows that the more work there is to do, the more we tend to get narrower and narrower focused on ourselves and what needs to happen. For me, I get hyper-focused. I get tunnel vision. I narrow in to what needs to be achieved. And I lose perspective of what's going on around me and where maybe God is asking me to engage in a different, unplanned way. Can I tell you that our think, our pace of life, dictates how much we look for the presence of God or not. And when we are constantly busy and striving and trying to get ahead, we lose perspective. Pastor and author Ruth Haley Barton does a lot of study about rest and connecting with God and Sabbath she has a lot of really good writings and a lot of good ways to engage with God. And she says this about our spiritual connection. She said, we long for a word from the Lord, but somehow we've been suckered into believing that the kind of pace we keep is what leadership or life requires. We slide inexorably into a way of life that offers little or no opportunity for paying attention and then when we wonder why we're not hearing a word from the Lord, and then we wonder why we're not hearing a word from the Lord when we need it. In other words, we're busy, 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 and we feel like, God, why can't I hear you? Why can't I feel you? Why aren't you speaking to me? 
And yet what we've done is tricked ourselves into thinking that because we're so busy, God should just be there and take care of it. But what he's saying is, take a moment and just be with me. That's where we're going to connect. And when we take the moment to be with God, then he creates the time for us to get done what needs to be done. And honestly, there's probably things on our plate that don't need to be done. My laundry should not be a priority over time with my kids. It shouldn't. My priority of getting everything in order for next weekend should not be a priority over spending time with God and my small group. Those are the moments that are going to feed my soul that allow me to reorient myself back to God and then allow me to work within his strength and his power, focusing on his presence, and that's what we need to do. Jennifer Camp uh, has gathered ministries, and this is what she says. God may ask us to move quickly with him at times. I'm not saying we don't move fast sometimes. We need to sometimes. But listen to this next part. But it is a pace that is never hurried. God's presence is the language our hearts are created to hear. Fast, not hurried. When we get hurried and frantic, we lose connection with God because that is us, not God. So let me give you an example of this. How many of you, let me ask this first, let's just be a moment. How many of you feel like you ever get hyper-focused or tunnel vision on something? Well, it's good to know there's three of us, thank you. I'm kidding. You guys are just slow at raising your hand because you're like, anybody else? I'm not first. So yeah, we all do it. So as Pastor Nick said, we're preparing um, for the Lenten season, for Easter coming up. And what is the best part of Easter for kids? Oh, not a trick question. What's the best part of Easter for kids? Candy and an egg hunt, right? Candy and an egg hunt. That's what they look forward to. That's what parents are excited for. It brings joy and excitement, right? So Easter egg hunt. There is nothing like an Easter egg hunt to show the example of kids being hyper-focused and tunnel vision. Like you lay eggs out on a flat surface and all they care about is who can get there first and get the most in their basket. Like we, when we do egg hunts, have to tell them, you may not push other people out of the way to get your eggs, right? Be safe about it. Be smart about it. So this is something that my family has done. We have always done this. We hide eggs for the kids. Sometimes it's really super simple. Sometimes we get a little bit more complex with it. I'm going to show you a video in a morning, in a morning, in a minute, that is a little more on the complex side. Like they're getting a little bit older, they don't need to be laying in the grass, like the egg is hidden. But what I want you to watch is how my kids respond to this. Go ahead and watch the video. <laughs> That's really unreal. <laughs> Some of you are confused. It's okay. It's okay. What you hear is my dad laughing because the egg is in plain sight. 
In this video, the egg is in plain sight. It is right there, not even two feet away from them. And you hear them at the end say, where is it? This is all three of my children. My, my youngest is the son, middle daughter. Those two are scooping away. Oldest daughter stand there looking, observing. She's going to go in for the kill when, you know, they find the egg. <laughs> She's smart. She knows how this works. Watch it again. See if you can find the egg. <laughs> That's really unreal. <laughs> Where is it? Okay, raise your hand if you found it. Okay, some of you are still missing it. I'm going to give you one more clue, one more chance. Yellow is your clue. Yellow is your clue. All right, one more time. <laughs> That's really unreal. <laughs> Right? It is sitting right there in front of them. Like right there. And they even hit it and it rolls off the yellow shovel. And they're like, where is it? So amusing for the parents. Like this is the greatest joy ever, you guys. Oh my gosh, really? But how often do we miss the presence of God? And we say, where is it? with us and we miss it God's not a God of punishment he's not a God of condemnation he's a God of love and joy and excitement and laughter and he wants us to be a part of that with him he's not against us he's for us he wants to be right there. You see, God meets us exactly where we are. It's just a line, right? It's just a line on a piece of paper. If you're brave enough, will you please hold up your paper for others to see? Look around you. There's not a single paper in here that's the same. You see, we could have taken these papers and just left this line here, and we could have done like a little sun up in the corner and called it a drawing. But when it gets incorporated into something, when it is part of the whole, it has much more meaning. It's much more inviting it's much more moving like you can show your paper to somebody and tell them the story behind it this is our story with God he did not create us to sit independent and alone and just be part of a blank story God's story is rich and vibrant and we we get the privilege of being part of it and he wants us to do it with people around us. And he wants us to do it with his presence, which is what completes the picture. 
Some of you remember I had challenged the kids to do this. And I gave them a minute. And then honestly, I gave them an additional minute because they, they wanted more time. So I was kind. I gave them an additional minute. Do you want to see some of the creations that the kids came up with? Okay, here's one set. Right? Isn't that amazing? Aardvark, camel, really big human with a weird nose. Um, and then it was a ghost, and, and I dated myself because I said, do you know what that looks like? And they're like, a ghost. I was like, no, do you know what that looks like? Pac-Man! It's like the ghost in Pac-Man that moves around, right? Here's the next set. I don't remember if it was a camel or a horse. I think it was a camel. I think it was a video game player. Uh, then you have the bottom left, a little surfing vignette. And then I wish I could remember, this is a monster that is eating a very specific berry, and I don't remember what the berry was. But it was not raspberries, it was not blueberries. It was a very specific berry. The one on the bottom left was an adult who did hang 10. Yeah, yep. The inner artist coming out. But you see, all of these are inner artists. It's just what level are they at with their development and their growth. It doesn't matter if we are seeking God or if we've walked with God our entire life. There's always growth. There's more to incorporate. But when we walk in the presence of God, that is what allows us to continue to grow and develop spiritually in a deeper manner. You see, those one-star reviews were real reviews that people left. But my family and I went to the Grand Canyon last year. Take a look at these pictures. Yeah, it's a hole in the ground. Absolutely, 100% fact. But when you choose to look for the goodness of God... When you choose to live fully in the moment and just be there and experience the presence of God, it's a completely different thing. We could have chosen to just be there for an hour or two and then move on and visit some other things in the area, but we chose to spend the entire day so we could take it all in and absorb it. And it was such the right choice. Spending time in the presence of God, whether it's something grand like this or it's sitting down for a cup of coffee with a friend, it all matters to God because we matter to God. So my challenge is this. I did it for myself, but I'm going to invite you into it. Create a pace of life that pushes the presence of God into your immediate awareness, into every aspect of your life, starting right now. It'll have to be intentional. It does not just happen. Create a pace of life that pushes the presence of God into your immediate awareness in every aspect of your life. Will you pray with me, please? Father, we thank you that you love us, that you care for us, that your presence is around us at all times, every place, no matter what.
that we can run to you. We can just sit in your presence. And Father, when we feel like running away, you don't leave our side. You welcome us back with open arms. I pray this week, Father, that you would help us to keep our focus turned to you, to find your goodness in everything that we do. It doesn't have to be all joyful and glee, but just recognizing you are there and you are moving, recognizing ways that we can join you. I pray that you would help us to live fully this week because we focus on what you have for us and everything around us. You are so amazingly good and kind and loving. Thank you that you wrap us in your presence and you don't ever walk away. We pray that today would be a day that we just find you everywhere. In your name we pray. Amen.